0: On tonight's show, we have actor and producer, Franco Castan. And now for your host, Cool Card. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody, for tuning in to Kicking It With Cool Card. I am your host, Cool Card. We are at episode 50, y'all. 50, listen, half of a 100, half of a century, 50, I want episode 50, and listen, I had something planned, I had a performance, I'll tell you, I had a performance planned, had a couple things planned, but it didn't work out, Uh, the person couldn't make it, you know, whatever, but we'll get back to that, and we'll bring them on, and we'll do something special later on, but I still have a special show tonight, because I have a great great guy a great actor producer someone i've known for a long time really long time man we we go back uh we can share stories actually we sat here chopping it up before the show sharing stories uh telling you i can't wait to dig in i'm an actor he's an actor i've always gone to this guy ask questions because i'm telling you he's probably the grounded actor i've ever known like really known um so yeah we're gonna ask questions for you guys too you know because if you're an actor and you're you're looking to do your thing and and start booking and you know you need some help with auditions and stuff like that like this guy he's an actor he's a producer and he's been an acting coach an acting teacher so he really gets it and he works y'all so don't miss this don't tune out tune in he has some gems to be dropped come get this value and if this is your first time tuning in i invite you to subscribe so you can continue getting this what i'm giving all right i do this for you i need you to do this help me help you all right episode 50 y'all cheers let's get into franco all right without further ado Welcome, 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 Franco. What's happening? Hey man, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh no doubt. Had to have you on, man. You got knowledge. You about to drop some gems. I know it. Cause I'm telling you, like I was saying in the intro, I've
1: always come to you, ask questions. Man, we go back almost ten years. I know, man. We 10 were talking years. About I can't believe it. It's been uh it's been so long, man. I mean it time flies, man. Time <laughs> is just flying.
0: Yeah, time flies. So listen, y'all, I met this guy. He he used to live where I worked, all right? And uh he would come down, he would talk to us and the uh I was a, I was a leasing agent, all right? I'll just put it out there. I was a leasing agent, he come down to the office, he talk, sit, you know, whatever. And I found out he was an actor. And you know, I've I've been acting for a while. And I just started talking to him and digging into his mind, man. And I could just see that he was skilled. He was talented. He was seasoned. So I started asking questions. He told me he taught at a um, at an active school. I was right down the street that I was um, aware of or whatever. And uh, yeah, so he just started dropping gems, man. And ever since then, you know, we just bonded. We've kept in touch. And I've actually had the, had the opportunity to basically work with him on a set. Which like it brought it full circle. So yeah, man, just crazy, just crazy. So here we are on my show.
1: <laughs> I love
0: it. I love it man. About to dig into you. So listen, I also want to tell you too, man. And I, I've never forgotten this because you didn't have to do it. You hit me up that one time and you said, "Hey, do you do interviews? I got a, a company, or you knew somebody at something massive out in LA, right?" Right, needed somebody to go and do a little press junket for (laughs)
1: Kevin Hart. Hey, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah. man. Yeah,
0: and I went and I did it. You know, they paid me and everything. I was like, cool, got to meet Kevin Hart, you know, talk to him, ask a couple questions. Like, that was cool, man, and I'll never forget that. That's
1: great, man. I forgot about that Kevin Hart. That's right. Yeah. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, man,
0: I'm glad I could do it. You know, you hit me up and... Well, you hit me up like the day, like a day before or something on the day of. What'd Where, you hit me up?
1: And I knew it was like urgent.
0: Yeah, it was urgent. Man, how about my camera died on me? Oh, right wow. right then, when I started getting all my gear and stuff and I'm checking everything, the camera just died. <laughs> so I had to, on my way to that to that event, I had to stop at Best Buy, whip out the card and just buy a camera, man. Oh,
1: gosh. <laughs> you know, the story's coming back to me. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. I think to go interview with this A-lister one-on-one, right? And your camera—the one piece of camera—my camera, put in the room and my is, camera ah. died. And listen, remember?
0: I don't know. I think I was um doing, I was doing kicking with cool car, but that's when I was hitting the streets, hitting the venues, and I had a cameraman. It was my business partner at the time, my cameraman, and I was hitting him up like, "Yo, where you at, man? I need a camera right now. I need a camera. I'm about to go interview Kevin Hart. My camera died." He's like, man, I'm way on the other side of the earth. I can't make it. So that's when I just like, you know what? Skirt. Best buy. Let's hey, do hey, it. Man, you
1: made it happen. <laughs> you yeah. made it happen.
0: Yeah. By any means, man. got to make it happen. You can't pass up an opportunity like that. Nah. I wouldn't. Listen. It would have been kind of unprofessional, but I would have whipped out the camera phone if I had
1: to... <laughs> Straight up. The first time. I guarantee you that's been happening.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure, man. yo let's get into you so
1: actor producer acting coach are are you a pilot yet oh man i've been a pilot yeah yeah i'm a pilot i'm a let me put this out there i'm a commercial rated pilot wow i'm legally allowed to fly passengers for hire i'm allowed to charge people so that took a lot of training it took about it took me about two years to go from zero hours to where I was in order to take the commercial license, and that was at 250 hours. That's the minimum you need. So I think I took it when I had about 270, I don't know, 280, something like that. But, um, That's but yeah, I've, I've stacked the hours since then. And, uh, yeah, man, so I've got to take you up there one of these days. If, if, if you'll let man, me. listen,
0: I don't know if I'm getting in little small planes, but- <laughs>
1: Oh Oh. yeah, yeah. It's either listen. It's 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 like it's like pulling teeth with some folks, and uh, and some folks are all about it, and they'll jump in the plane and they'll just they're all about the experience. And then you got folks like my brother, which took nearly two years for him to like say, okay, fine, I'll get in the plane with you and fly around. And and you know what? As soon as he got up there, he realized this thing is like it's just so awesome to get up there and. See the I'm little... sure it is, man, but I I don't know, man. I don't know.
0: I get it, man. That's all right. I'll work
1: on you a little bit. We'll like,
0: you does it so when the, so, so when the winds, when the winds get heavy up there and they hit you, like how do you
1: maintain that? How... Um, you know, so <laughs> so it's, you know, it's uh it's a combination of just being like super calm and not so like, over, don't over-control the aircraft, right? And okay. that's one of the things you learn in, in, in flight trainings. You don't want to over-control the aircraft. So most of the time, you just allow the plane to move. You're not really trying to fight it so much. Yeah. And, uh, and especially when you're out flying at altitude, you're not really trying to fight it. Now, you're coming into land and you got this, you know... Uh, uh, like a nasty, yeah. If you got a nasty crosswind or something like that, then yeah, you're gonna have to work with the plane a little bit to get it on the ground. But uh, otherwise, at altitude, you just gotta let it do its thing. It's like it's like being in a boat, yeah. And, like and just kind of driving over waves, like little waves. You know, you're gonna hit them, and you know the boat might rock a little, but uh. you just gotta let it rock. You know.
0: You so you're telling me when you're up there and that wind hits you and that plane just dips like that. Your stomach going <laughs> your throat.
1: Oh man, it, it, even even for me, even for someone that that like, is used to that sensation, believe me, if you get like a nasty like you know change in elevation, for, like I don't know a hundred foot drop or something like that, oh. yeah, you're gonna feel it, and it's gonna feel like you're gonna your stomach's gonna be up around here for just a moment. But like uh, you know, a uh, hundred foot drop. Well, maybe I'm maybe. It could be. Listen, it could be really bad. I mean, there's. I've heard stories where you're going into like a like a vertical dive at five thousand feet per minute, which is roughly a a mile a minute. Right? These are some hey, oh downdrafts. No. some downdrafts can reach those sort of speeds? So you got to imagine that for an aircraft that's flying through that, it's not. It's going to go with the wind. Yeah. So yeah. But the the here's the thing is, I try to avoid any situation where I'm going to be. In a downdraft, I try not to fly close to storms. You know, I try so to. That's fly what that. Wave that's waves. what that. That's
0: what the, sto- the storms produce the downdraft. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh. It's
1: good. But we, we try to we try to avoid those. We don't go through those. So, so how do you come out of the nosedive? Uh, well, it's not really a nosedive. It's not like you're going into like a dive, dive. It's just that the plane itself just kind of oh. sinks. It just oh. sinks. It doesn't go like this. It just kind of. It's like it's going through like a patch of air that's pushing it down, so it just oh. kind of just drops like this. Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! I don't that's know if I can do it. I didn't want to come up for so many years, and then finally he got up there, and of course I went like on the most like peaceful day ever because yeah. I didn't him to be stressing out. Of course, it was a great flight. So.
0: Oh man! So do you ever plan to like become a commercial, like fly the big jets and?
1: Man, so that's really so. Let me tell you the reason how I even got into flight training because this has something to do. It really does have to do with my career as an actor. Mm. Because what happens is is that, um, and I don't know how we're gonna skip around here, but I'll just go ahead and just start talking. But yeah, I found myself, you know, roughly, you know, over. I mean, this was back in 2000. 15 or 2016 mm-hmm. that I started flight training and I, that was around the time where I became a little uh, disenchanted with the industry. I wasn't working like I wanted to work. There was, um, I, I didn't feel complete in some sort of yeah. way. So what I did is I went back to the things that I was passionate. That made you happy. For. What made me happy in flight training. Uh, flying was one of those things that I took up when I was in college. Okay. And it's just something that I found myself, you know, I had the means and I definitely had the time because, you know, as an actor, you have nothing but time. Right. right. <laughs> so I, I had those two things and I decided to take up flight training. So it really flight training came from a void within my own career. Yeah. So what happened is it allowed me to focus on flying. I was able to condense roughly four years of training into two years of training. But what that did, and this is what's the crazy thing, is it made me a better actor. And that's something that I think a lot of people need to hear is that if you focus entirely on just being an actor, uh, whatever that is, then you might be robbing yourself. And there is something to be said for people who take up other disciplines, other interests, other hobbies, if you will. Flight training was simply a hobby that I turned into something professional mm-hmm. uh, by getting my per- commercial license. But it was I, I put so much focus into flight training and me going, oh, okay, well now if I want to, I can just go into uh, uh, working for a company that does charter flights, and I can I'm sure I can find a job, you know, sitting right seat as like a first officer in some sort of charter airplane and i could just start a career that that allowed me to walk into audition rooms and not free. really what's that feeling free exactly exactly i was able to go and just deliver a performance without really worrying whether or not they were going to hire me because it's okay i was gonna be a pilot anyways yeah and and that really, and now here we are talking i'm I'm not a professional pilot, and why is that? Why is it that now I've left you know aviation sort of I put that on the back burner, and that's simply because of my my career in in film and TV started to take center stage, I started to book more mm. simply because I started focusing on something else,
0: yeah. You've started living life and experiencing life, life experiences, because I know something to be true as an artist Um, all around. I used to do music. So, you know, of course, writers get writer's block. So the best thing that you can do just put it down don't worry about it don't force it and just go live your life go experience things go go hiking go camping go yeah. do also because you got to get these life experiences and then it fuels those creative juices it brings it back around because if you live in that rut you may never come out of that rut and you you more than likely you're not gonna be successful because now you're hanging on that and you're like oh i gotta make this work i gotta have this and i, I i'm telling you you're speaking the gospel right now with that acting because, and this is something Deshur and I talked about too, and he 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 experienced the same thing. It's like sometimes you just got to set it down, and you got to go and make life happen in other places, so that when it comes back around, when you do feel like you want to get back in that room, you know you can go in there feeling free, like you said you did, because it's like this: you go in there and you can ask yourself, "Hey, guess what? Do I?" What if I don't book this? Well, I can still pay my car note. I can still go on trips. I can still go out and eat. I can mm-hmm. still provide for my family. I can still just be happy. I still mm-hmm. got people that love me. So if I don't book this, it doesn't change anything about who I am mm-hmm. or the way I'm living my life. If I right. do book it, great. It could take me in a whole another career path, on a whole nother career path, or, or traject me out to be whatever i'm trying to be in this acting realm cool you know what i'm saying but you're not walking in there with that burden on you like man i just need the book i need this to happen i want it to happen cuz we all get there you know yeah. especially when we're younger and 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 newer you know new on new into the acting it's like i got to have this i i want this i want this for me every audition is like critical you know what i'm okay. saying and then you really worry about what the what the casting director what the directors the producers think about you well, guess what? When you don't have that burden on you, you don't give a damn what they think. All you yeah. need to know is that I'm going to go in here and put in good work. Yeah,
1: that's it, man. I just went in there and just it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I mean, I, I you know, we, we touched on this, you know, before, uh, you know, I wasn't going up there and putting in shit work. It was just I was going in there and putting in work that. um Maybe there was just a layer, another layer that was lifted off of me because I had that, that something in my back pocket. I knew mm-hmm. this wasn't it. This wasn't all everything. It, it mm-hmm. wasn't all or nothing with this uh, audition. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know, it, it started changing things. You set yourself <laughs> free. You set yourself free.
0: Yeah. So as an actor, how long have you been acting?
1: So yeah, so um it, it all started it all started back in 2006 is when i went to my very first um class and it's, it's sort of a I'll, I'll hit on it real quick it was a funny story i was working at um jezebel magazine at the time which is a uh, in a magazine here in atlanta it's a lifestyle fashion lifestyle magazine um pretty well known and um And uh, it was a hit, exciting magazine, you know, and I was working in the uh, sales and marketing department doing the whole, I don't know what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a job. And and I got a call from my buddy who worked in another office next door in Buckhead. And he was just like, uh, hey, man, he was like, do you want to go audit this class? It was Tuesday. It was after work. And it was around 730 at night. And it was either I get in traffic and head home, which I lived up in, you know, about maybe an hour's away with traffic from the office. I could either do that or I could hang around in the office and then go audit this class and, which was right next door and then I could just go home afterwards. So I said, okay, man, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go audit this class with you. So I went and audited to the class and of course I fell in love with everything that I was experiencing for the first time. It was nothing like I'd ever really done before. I'd never done anything like that um, besides just, you know, acting a fool in front of a camera that yeah. I was holding. But um, but performing, I'd never really done. And that really kind of got me excited. So I immediately joined the class um, and I was there the very next week. Um, and I'll never forget. It was in the basement of the, or the, it was it's not really the basement. It's the lower level of the, of the pro actor studio there in Buckhead. And my, my teacher was Tom Tone. He was a, uh, he came from a theater background and uh, he was just so awesome at getting, at inspiring me and getting me to just um, to really kind of focus in on this. And, it, you know, what's nuts is I got, I caught the bug, the acting bug, so to speak. And so I found myself so immersed in that, that I was not focusing on my work. At the office. I would, and I had one of those out of the office sort of jobs. I was, I could be on appointments somewhere out of the office. So I was never really confined to my office. I could be out of the office, but I found that when I was away from my office all i was doing was i was like at a starbucks you know reading sanford meisner <laughs> Stella adler books and just like and, and what was the method right. you know and, 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 and learning all these great about all these great teachers and and you know and just really learning about the craft you know right. and uh, and that's really where i started it was back in 2006.
0: so as an actor and as a teacher because you're an acting teacher where you were. I don't know if you still do it or not, but as an actor and an acting teacher, like what do you think are some of the things that can hold a good actor back or can stop them from booking? Because there's a lot of good actors. And, you know, I take these acting classes that, that focus on the audition. So it's like, yes, you can act, but will you ever make it to set? And as a teacher, what do you feel are some of the key things that you see that can hold an actor from getting to set, even though they have what it takes?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of just um, really um, brilliant people, students that I've seen come in. And my students were adults, so it was um, and I'm, I'm no longer teaching, by the way, at the okay. studio. I left there last year. And it was simply because I was working so much that yeah. I couldn't. I found myself almost having <laughs> to find a teacher to fill my class in almost uh, every other week. So that was a good problem to have. Yeah, so just we parted ways, and um, and now every once in a while I'll go and I'll substitute every once in a while at the studio. Okay. So, um, with as far as the students, you know, there's a lot of natural talent that might come in. You might find some students that just don't um, have a sort of um, they're very vulnerable right off the bat. But with that sort of personality comes a sort of firecracker personality, someone that you can't quite like ground. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes, you know that they have what it takes because they, they're all right with being in front of people. They're all right with performing, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're all right with being observed, you know, and not everybody's like that. A lot of people, it takes a long time for them to get comfortable with people watching them do something. So... But with some of these, um, uh, you know, I guess just talents that would come in, you know, it'd be hard to just ground them and just get them to understand that, you know, okay, that was that was all right. You did okay. That was that was good. But I think you can make a better choice, you know, with this. And it just it really takes time in the industry, you know, regardless of whether or not you have. The, the, the I guess, the God-given talent, you know, to walk into a studio and lose someone. But it takes time to get to a point where you're, you can really compact everything, you can build everything in, and then you can start to deliver good choices, which is so important to the, to the actor. And I think that that's where a lot of actors, they get, they forget that their careers are based on the choices that they make with their characters, with their auditions yeah, and, and those, and just simple choices that they make can really st- make them stand alone from the rest of the crowd. Because I, you know, the same way that you can get on Google and you can start to like, ask a question and it'll sort of already know what you're asking it Mm -hmm. and that's because there's been like a billion people before you that have asked the same question Mm -hmm. that it already knows what you're going to ask you can almost guarantee that the casting directors when they're watching these performances they're seeing a lot of actors make what they believe is a strong choice but what you realize is it's not a very unique choice Mm -hmm. um and 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 that is where you can grab the the casting director
0: yeah yeah that's that what say. uh yeah that's what me and de talk about a lot too and, and like i said i was in his, his classes so um uh, yeah it's all about making that choice a stronger choice not the first not the second the third and sometimes not even third the fourth but it takes time you know you yeah. really got to break that script down to really make a choice that's that's strong, but different, you know, cause you can make a different choice, but it's, it's not going to connect because it's like left field. It didn't make sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and
0: it's all about showing them something that they haven't seen because the, the average actor, for lack of better words, you know, it, when the casting director is in that room, they're going to see a hundred people make the same choice.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can make the same choice, but are you more honest than the next person? Did you, You know, is your is your choice to not be happy with the outcome and everybody, you know, everybody could have not been happy with the outcome. Let's say that's what happens in the audition room. Um, Your character is not happy with the outcome. So what do you do? And, um, you know, that might be the direction. But like and you'll see a lot of people play out to be unhappy, but you won't. Maybe there will be that one person who's honest about what unhappy truly looks like. It may an, an unhappy might be a smile and a walk away from the situation, which yeah. is something that you just won't see other people make choices about.
0: Right? Yeah. Oh man, it's it's uh it's it's deep. It's deep. It, it, man, listen, acting is so cerebral. It's like, my God, I can like I'm telling you, like I have. Like when I was taking Meisner classes, I would leave that class so mentally exhausted. So mentally exhausted. yeah. Just trying to, you know, reach to find some choices to try to live through the other character, you know, because that's all about feeding off the other character. It's not like, you know, Stanislavski or whatever. It's, you know, remember some when your dog got hit by a car and cry, you know, type of thing. It's all about what your partner gives you. So... Man, I was so just like mentally drained, drained, burnt out from those classes. Um, But yeah, so for you, what do you, outside of, you know, stepping away, coming back, being free of the burden of like, I got to have this, I need this. What do you attribute your, your level of being grounded to? Because like yours... I'm telling you, man, you, and this is not to slight anybody out here or anything like that, but we all know that people in Hollywood, they breathe, they eat, they sleep, they grow up in that culture, Mm. you know, and it's a different type of skill set at times out there, you know, not to say that actors out here don't have it. You have it. Like you could go to Hollywood and compete, hands down. I really feel like that. That's my that's my take on it. I feel like, I think Dejore feels like that too. Cause anytime we talk about you, man, it's like, man, he's a beast. Like his level of being grounded is just like crazy. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, it's just so natural. It's so effortless, man. And it's like, what do you attribute that to? What did you attribute attribute that to?
1: So, um, a couple things. I think that the first and foremost experience, I think just, I think that you coming home from set pissed off that you didn't do what you wanted to do and that happens over and over and that and you and that culminates over the years and i'm not saying that you have a bad day on set every time but you just walk away from set just thinking to yourself i could have maybe like i had another take with that the director gave me maybe i should have done something a little bit more there to give him something different and i think it's just years and years of uh, of of Playing that story out in my head and saying, next time I go to set, remember what I did last time, let's try to like slow everything down Mm -hmm. and start to live in that moment and start to understand what your role as an actor is when the camera's rolling. And not to sound pretentious, but it's something that you, it's a, it's a sort of, it's just something that you start to learn to, you get comfortable living in your own skin while you're while you're working. And um that's the first thing. And I think the second thing that I attribute maybe my grounding, I guess if that's what you're calling it, is just maybe because there's really not too much that scares me anymore. Um I mean I've been in I've been in spins heading towards the earth in an airplane and I've had to recover from a spinning airplane. <laughs> that's <laughs> so why I'm
0: not going up there. Just- See you telling me more than you should be telling me
1: <laughs> It's only in flight training. It's not something I would ever put you through, unless you just wanted to see it. Oh, but no. um, but I, so when I walk into, I, you know, I remember it's so funny, man. I would walk, I would, uh, I would go like when I was taking my uh, my exam, my flight exam. I would be going into there, and I'd be going, oh my god, I got so much information I got to spew out because they give you like an oral exam, and then they give you a flight exam, an actual practical exam where they take you. And I'm, I'm, I've had to. I've had to like study so much for these exams. And so what happens is you um, and then all of a sudden, oh, I just got to go perform these lines in front of these, you know, few people in the room. Right. I mean, that's nothing. Or I arrive on set and there's like a city of people around you that are all watching you you know, while you're, while you're, you know, they're all silent, you know, and they're all just staring at you (laughs) while you're delivering your line. All of a sudden, it's not as, it's not as crazy and it's not as anxiety filled. It's like all of a sudden I've just been grounded. Right. How do
0: you, and I struggled with this for a long time and you would think that it would just be common sense or it just, it would just, you would just know, right? But it wasn't until I started taking auditioning classes that it hit me. And as a teacher, how can you get through to an actor that it's your world? You can you can do that. I found myself saying to myself, oh, shoot, I can do that. Like I can really make that choice. And it's okay to make that choice, because I'm telling you, when you're when you're looking at that script and you're trying to break it down and you're trying to give it your best give it your all but sometimes you'll put restrictions on it because you're like well i, I you know i don't want to do that i don't can i do that or maybe i don't want to do that it's too much but how do you get through to an actor that hey it's your world be free you know don't be too extra you know extravagant or whatever and, and just kind of destroy the whole scene or destroy the, the work of art but
1: but even that's all right. Even that's all right to just completely destroy the scene. You're gonna have to figure out what your limits are, you okay. know. And and I think it's okay for actors. And this is why I I I, I so encourage actors when they you know when I meet people all the time who know I'm in the I'm in the business. Um, people who are outside of the business, um, the, the, and they just ask me, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I've been thinking about doing this and. Um, You know, what do you think? And the very first thing I tell them is get into a class, get into a class, get into a class setting where you are going to be able to experiment with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had to tell actors it's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. Like they almost, they, they have to ask me for permission. Mm
0: -hmm. Is that
1: okay if I do this? Is it okay if I do this, Franco? and i'm like yes yeah you you there you do not need to ask me for permission to do anything that's your instincts need to prevail in this moment it's not yeah this uh, this having to ask in order to do something like that and that's where it comes with experience and i think it's um you know that's that's the big thing you know is is getting is getting in front of a class in getting the teacher to look at you and be like, "Of course you can do that," and, and just giving you that sort of the keys to, you know, move forward, so to speak. And I know you've
0: seen it a lot. And I, I'm telling you, we live it, us actors. We live that. I'm telling you, I know I'm not, in the, I'm not the only one in that boat. Like I had to really understand that I can really do that. I can do whatever the hell I want
1: to do. It's yeah. it's my yeah. palette. I'm gonna paint whatever picture I want. Yeah, yeah. Is it okay if I is it okay if I scream right now and I'm like, Yes, it's okay <laughs> if you scream, you know? Would you ask permission to scream in a moment when you felt like screaming in the real world? Of course not. Right. So we, we need those instincts to like to come through. And uh, and that's why class is so important because it's it's a it's a class by class thing, you know. You gotta every time you walk in you're getting a little bit of that a layer, another layer taken off and and the vulnerability will start to come out and we'll start to see you shine and as soon as you become comfortable then uh you are and you you're given permission so to speak then um then the sky's the limit as to what you can do because i mean i want to get it to the point where you know when you're probably the most vulnerable after you walk out jump out of the shower and you're sitting in front of like the mirror and you're probably butt naked in front of the mirror and you're probably singing your favorite song and you're probably dancing a little bit too and you're probably dancing better than you've ever danced on any dance floor in america because you are by yourself and it's just you and it's like and that's what we strive for you know when we get in front of the camera and the best actors are those that are able to just bring that sort of that level of vulnerability and not ask for permission, just already have that permission granted, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, you're speaking to my soul right now. You're speaking (laughs) to my soul because I I know me, like even I still feel like sometimes I can hold back and and it's like I will get into a zone where I won't and that's some of my best acting. I'll get callback after callback, I'll book. And then for whatever reason, I find myself where I can't get there anymore. Yeah. Oh, and it's like, like you said, it's experience. It's experience. And I just, maybe I just need to, you know, not maybe, but I know I just need to keep working at it. Just keep, you know, probably just getting in front of that camera more or getting in front of that class more and just really just letting it go and just yeah. really, really, really own it and get comfortable with it so that I can turn it on to drop a dime. Because I'm telling you, I have my times where I'm in a zone and I can feel it. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't care. And then other times I'm in my head, you know. So, yeah.
1: We're all there, man. We're all human. I mean, that's to say that I've got it all figured out is a joke. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I, I I don't even know what I'm doing, man. To be honest, I don't. You know, I just uh, I'm I'm going off instincts, and uh, yeah. and I've just uh, I've got to the point where I'm tired of not not doing what I intended to do. Yeah. And it, that's what happens. You get I think you get to a point in your career where you... Now, I'm not saying someone who... I've, I've had some successes along the way, so I've been able to work along the way. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really until a few years ago that my work has picked up to the point where it's pretty regular. So, you know, it comes from me just saying, you know what, I'm going to just show them something. I'm just going to go out on a limb... And just do something here and see if, you know, see what happens. Because I already don't have the part, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I already don't have it. So, you know, what's the worst that could happen?
0: <laughs> That's a good perspective. That's a really good perspective. I already don't have it. So what do I have to lose?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So how does it feel for you? Because so do you, so when you, basically when you, you did the, the aviation, and then you, you lifted that burden. Is that when everything just started clicking? And how it does- seems
1: like it, it seems like that's when everything started clicking. If I had to like put my finger on anything, it seems like the timing is awfully coincidental that as I'm as I'm rounding out my, my flight training and literally looking at, at, um, at charter companies that I'm gonna go interview with is when things started working out for me. Yeah, I think I attribute a lot of that to that. Um, But who knows? Maybe it was just my time with some casting directors and and they felt sorry for me and they decided to throw me a bone.
0: (laughs) So does it feel like when you're booking back to back to back and you're working like every week, do, do you feel like you're in a zone? Like, because, you know, things can go stale. So say, you know, I work one month, I don't work for two. That's a difference than I work this week I booked next week, I booked next week. So now it's just a, it's a different experience. And I'm pretty sure you have a different feel because it's like, you're always on set. So when you go and get an audition and you get in an audition room, you just did this yesterday.
1: Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And it's only, it only works in your favor. You know, it's, work is never going to hinder you. It's, uh, It's only going to provide you with, better results. I mean, you know, I'm already working on something else. So if I get this job, who cares? And that's sort of how it is, you know, when you're on set regularly, and I'm not and I'm not trying to listen, there's, I'm still auditioning, you know, I'm still having to go out there and hunt for my food. So it's by no means nothing is I'm not at a point where it's 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 all popping off like you know i still have times when i'm not booking but i luckily i found myself at a point where i'm working pretty steady so um yeah it's uh it's having more work is definitely works works in your favor i mean to, it's crazy to walk on sets all are pretty much the same for the most part like the way they work you know the the way base camp works and the mm. way. The actual set works and everything is pretty much the same. There's a standard operating procedure that you find on most sets. And that's probably been changed a little, you know, in COVID times. Right. But for the most part, it's all pretty much, you know, standard operating procedure. And, and you know, it's to, to, to walk on one set and then like literally the next day you're with a completely different crew on a different show. And everything seems to be operating the same way, but you just, you feel at home again, you know, walk on, you know exactly where you need to stand whenever, to stay out of the way, you know exactly where you need to be when the, when the um, AD comes over and starts explaining to you, you know, where your marks are going to be or whatever that, you know, whatever that entails. But it, yeah, it just becomes all of a sudden, it's like, uh, it's like clocking in, you know, it's like going to a job that you pretty much, you've been doing pretty routine work, you go in clock in you get behind your desk (laughs) and you start sending emails out right 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 and that's how it kind of is when you um when you're working pretty steady it's not like you're walking onto a set and you're taking it all in because you know it's been a year since you've been on set and you're like oh my god they got the big camera oh look (laughs) at the big light oh over there they got like the big trailers you know it's it's uh it's not all like because you know it is it's exciting it's exciting to be on a set but um when it's like everyday work it's not as exciting and it allows you to be a better actor i think
0: yeah absolutely i could definitely see how that works man how was um for you with um how was your experience with being in the founder like what are your takeaways from that and working with michael keaton
1: oh man (sighs) that was so awesome so you know All my scenes with with Michael Keaton, I shot three scenes with him. And so we got to on through. Yeah. Throughout three separate days, we were able to kind of be amongst one another. Now, he was obviously busy sending emails (laughs) in between takes. But there was those few times when we were able to sit and chat. Now, that's not where I got my my school. Where I got my school was when the cameras were rolling, and I was able to watch him perform. Yeah, and, and it was when it was when it was on shooting on his coverage, so that I wasn't on camera. It was probably like the back of my head, um, and I could I could see what he was doing, and I could kind of like be a um, a, a, a witness to what was happening there, yeah. rather than being like a part of it. And um, what I really gathered from um, from Michael Keaton was that he wasn't afraid to make bold choices. And he also knew that he had multiple takes in order to make those choices. Not that he had all day to get that scene right, but he, he, I like those. I'll give you an example. We do, we do this one take and his wife is played by Laura Dern. And we do this one take where he comes over and he ends the scene with him putting his arm around his wife, kind of like around her neck kind of like up high. It's kind of like a... I don't know. It was almost like... It was kind of like what you would do like when you're wrestling with your your brother or something. Uh. You know, he kind of puts his arm around her neck, kind of area like that. And then they were like, all right, cut. And then he was like, yeah, he was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to... Because I didn't like the the neck thing and I didn't like that choice. He he knew right away that he... That was a choice that, you know, he's probably not going to do again. Yeah. So I really was able to watch him... Get comfortable with not having it perfect every time. Wow. Now that's probably something that only he can do because he's number one on the call sheet. Yeah, I don't know, but I, <laughs> it, but what it it just it gives me insight into what is a permissible because it goes back to what you were saying in class. We ask the teacher, "Is it okay if I do this?" Right, and then on set to an inexperienced actor. I mean, you might have been in class for three, four, five years studying straight. And in class, you're a rock star. But as soon as you get on set, all of a sudden you're working with like a celebrity that you watch every day on television. Right. You got all these lights, these cameras. You got people that are like, in their 60s that are working and it's like no longer they're not they're no longer like college students just making a independent film and it's (laughs) like this is like the real job and it's like they are there so that they can put the camera on you then all of a sudden those things that you're really good at in class it becomes it starts to come back you know you start to go day one of class again and you start going is it OK if I make these choices on camera Yet this production? Am I taking away from, you know, the main coat, the main star? Like, where, what are my boundaries? So that's you learn those along the way.
0: And, <laughs> and so you're saying it is, though. It's OK to still make the choices.
1: Yeah, it's OK. I think it's OK. You have to just know, like, you have to be conscious about what's happening there if you see that the director is like a really easy going person they're they're like they you could tell that like nobody's rushing you don't see like the producers constantly talking to the directors about maybe they want to change something up or you don't see the ad you know and the director talking just weigh it out and if you kind of see that there's like some That you have some flexibility in what's going on then i think it's okay to ask for um is it hey do you mind if i like you know have a different take on this one you know and get get comfortable with maybe asking the director because the as soon as you ask the director can i do something And they go yeah that sounds great all of a sudden you're like oh man that's all the confidence i needed yeah yeah
0: yeah what would you what is like the most memorable role that you've played Today. so
1: i i have to say probably probably one of my latest roles that i played and only because i got to experience uh i was on set uh pretty regularly for i um for a while and that's when i did the outsider for hbo okay. and I got to play detective hidalgo now I was just so excited to be part of that Stephen King series. And the fact that Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Cynthia Rivo Yul Vasquez, I mean, the cast goes on and on. So I, I got excited about that role. And only because I think that, you know, we can talk about my experience on The Founder, and I, I took away great things from Michael Keaton. But I think that I really, really took a lot of a a lot away from Ben Mendelsohn when I was working with him and just seeing how he operated. And that for me was just, I was like a kid in a candy store because this guy, man, he had no grounding whatsoever. He was a rock star. (laughs) And I mean, like he commanded the attention. He... He was the epitome of the actor who is like, what are my lines? All right, let's run it, you know? I said, he does it with his Aussie accent. He's from Australia. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it, not, I'm probably embellishing a little bit, but what it was is it, uh, it, it saw, it, I was able to witness a, an actor who worked very much in the moment, someone who was not married to their lines. They knew their lines. Um, now this is also someone who's really good at their job, so he's able to probably look at the page and memorize what was on the page, you know, after a few like go arounds. Yeah. But um, that for me was like the most exciting because getting to work with that cast, being a part, an inch, being a part of the story of, of of this of this murder mystery was that for me was exciting.
0: Wow, man. You're inspiring me, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're inspiring me. I mean, you always inspire me, man. I always watch you. You know your stories, your Instagram, follow you, do your work, and I, you know, I reach out from, from time to time like, hey, blessing you, man, blessing you. Thanks, so, man. thanks, man. Yeah. Really so what 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 type of roles do you like though? Like, what do you like? What do you what moves you? What roles, when you get them, you're like, yeah, I like this.
1: Um, So I like uh, any role that has a name. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, as long as I'm not cop number one, you know, no, yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll, I'll take them all and believe me, I am like, I am no person to turn down a role. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take them all. Um, but, you know, I'm... Here's the thing, and this is the thing that you're also another thing that I think young actors need to hear, and that is that you know we all get into this into this um, business because because there's a part of us that wants to live within the skin of others, right? Mm-hmm. We all want to showcase someone else's story, and um, so it takes a special person to do that. Um, but the thing is, is that the industry is not going to allow you to be a chameleon right off the bat they're not going to allow you to play a super wide range of characters from from you know from job to job you're generally going to go into this one kind of like niche like you might play this one type of character really well Mm. okay it's only after you prove yourself over and over again that they start to expand you into maybe other characters and sometimes it just takes for you to like pop a smile on camera because they've never seen you smile and all of a sudden they have you in a different light but for me I love characters that live on the fringe I like um you know it's I think I like uh, people who um who come from uh completely different walks of life um um the, the subcultures of, of America, of the world, you know, right. that's those those are the types that I'd like to play. People who maybe are lost in identity, people who are, um, you know, just don't fit into um, you know a certain cookie cutter. Um, those types of characters are generally what I'm drawn to. They're more interesting and have uh, more layers. They have more layers and i and i don't have to ground myself because it takes a lot man for me to ground myself (laughs) (laughs) i might seem grounded man but i'm telling you i'm putting a lot of effort into it (laughs) man
0: it looks effortless i'm telling you so before before we get out of here i want to know your take on like what is your experience with you know film versus commercials because i know you've done your handful of commercials too like, what is the biggest difference between the two in your preparation or just the experience on set in these commercials?
1: Well, generally with commercials, you're like the you're like the guy, right? You're 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 probably if you're not the guy, you're probably one of the guys that are in the commercial, right? So you know, there's a lot more emphasis on what you can do. You're you're generally you're endorsing a product. You're becoming the face of a product. Um, so there's a more emphasis – just more emphasis, I guess, on on, on, on what you – how you can sell the product. <laughs> and in, in film, it's, it's a major collaborative effort. You're just one tiny piece of the equation, um, at least when, when you're working on these big projects. Um, you, you, you're just one tiny piece. You're there literally to just kind of move the story along – um, but in my experiences working with on films and working with like Academy Award winners from from those to like people to directors who are on their second feature, um, I've had nothing but great, um, great experiences with directors on on features. I've never been. I've never felt like ushered out after I was done for the day, you know, I went, OK, we're done with you. Then, <laughs> I never felt like that. Yeah. Uh, But I think on a commercial, you probably have – you're you're the more – you're the – you know, like I said, you're the hero. So uh, you generally have more people who are like – and it's also probably a different – probably more people smiling on a commercial shoot Mm -hmm. uh, simply because the nature of what you're shooting is generally uppity. You know, it's – you know, so – and there's, and you're not, uh, you know, in commercials. There's, it, it doesn't seem as uh, the stakes aren't as high, so you can probably tend to let loose a little bit more in a commercial. Um, and again, that's it comes down to the more you book these commercials, the better off you'll be doing in films. It's just it, it, the the jobs go hand in hand with one another.
0: Yeah, that's good to know, man. That's good to know. Great information. I appreciate you coming on uh man very very informative very in-depth analysis of this whole acting thing so anybody watching i hope and pray that you can uh take something from this put in your tool belt and help you along the way don't be so hard on yourself just do the just do the work just do the work man just do the work i'm in the same boat with you guys <laughs> so yes just do the work i'm i'm trying to stick to doing the work and uh Better in myself, Franco. I'll be calling on you. Know, I always call you for some pointers, some tips. Hey, man, what can I do differently? How can I, you know, whatever. So, thank you, so much, man. Thank hey, you so much. continue doing the good work that you are doing, the great work that you're doing. I uh, wish you much success. So, like I said, you can contend in Hollywood, man. <laughs> <laughs> you can contend in Hollywood. I mean it. I mean it trust me me and, me and DeJoy be rooting for you i'm telling you <laughs> we be rooting for you
1: coming to get him so
0: yeah we always talk and say good stuff about you man so definitely but yeah great catching up with you for sure man and uh i'll be in touch you know i'll reach out to you on instagram i know we don't talk on the phone no, stuff like that much or whatever but yeah definitely will have my eye on your career checking you out hey guys if you go, um want to check out franco you can check him out at stop franco on instagram and twitter uh make sure you go and check out some of his films you were in richard jewel the founder he's on the outsiders i know you said you're filming something now so yep i uh,
1: I just got done with outer banks and uh tomorrow night premiering on uh urban movie urban urban movie channel is terror lake drive it's a six-part series i'm recurring in that but it premieres tomorrow night check your local listings
0: Lake drive y'all check that out check it out check it out i'm definitely gonna check it out i remember when you were filming that actually yeah we talked about that so yeah definitely check him out guys he's doing his thing he's doing his thing he's doing his thing he's doing it for real real actor real working actor right here i commend you my brother (laughs) (laughs) hey man it's been great talking to you great conversation We would definitely catch up. Hey, guys, every Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next episode, next week, 51. Yes, you never know who I might have. All right, y'all tune in, tap in, and we out of here. Peace. We kicking it.